0: The Hunt the Front Super Dirt Series field of full-timers continues to grow, plus Wednesday results at USAC this weekend, and Dirt late-model racers just not giving a damn. Let's go. It's Thursday, February 15th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. So last night at Volusia, you thought it would be a pretty quiet night. Four late model features, not really big money on the line. Three of those features were split field. Uh, I was actually looking elsewhere for something to kind of headline my show today. And the night started off as we expected it would. Bobby Pierce, Mike Marler dominate features one and two from the pole, they lead all the laps, etc. But then things took a turn in feature three. Devin Moran led most of the laps from the outside front row, but Ricky Thornton Jr. was able to run him down and take the lead late. With two laps remaining, Moran made a slider for the lead into turn one and cleared the 20 RT, but on corner exit, the two came together. Moran ended up with a shredded left rear tire, and RTJ's nose piece was basically destroyed. Uh, Moran took a trip to the work area for, uh, for new rubber, but RTJ tried to close it out with that damage to the front. On the restart into turn one, though, the 20 RT just would not turn. I'm not sure if that was because of bent suspension or just the fact that there was no air on that killed nose piece. He jumped the cushion, and Brandon Shepard drove by, uh, went on to the victory. Sounds like neither Moran or RTJ were super thrilled about the incident, but both got their stuff repaired and ready for the night's finale, which was the makeup feature from Monday. Thornton led that race to green from the pole and was in control right at the start. He'd driven out to a two-second lead, but again, things got weird right before halfway. The lap car of Tyler Bruning didn't appear to be happy with how the 20RT put him a lap down on lap 11, so just one circuit later, he took his revenge with a haymaker slider into turn one that resulted in contact and damage to Thornton's car. By the time Thornton gathered it back in, his two second lead was gone and he'd lost the top spot to Bobby Pierce. We then had this wild lap where we had a three car battle for the lead with Mike Marlar also in the mix. Tim McCready tried to get his name in there and RTJ ended up getting dirtied again, this time by the 157. After the caution for a slowing Thornton, who jumped the cushion, obviously, in turns three and four after the contact with Marler, Pierce then assumed the lead and was able to drive on for the win. Thornton eventually bowed out of the feature before the end. I don't, I don't know if it was for bent parts, bent feelings, his fun meter just pegged. I'm not really sure, but he was done before the race was over. On the Dirt on Dirt drive home, Michael Rigsby alluded to what will probably be a lost Ricky Thornton Jr. interview because he was so fired up that he asked Rigsby to basically come back later after he'd calmed down a bit. I ran through all of this to make a point. Last night's triple features were $5,000 to win each, and the makeup show at the end of the night was for $7,000. These weren't six-figure paying main events. These guys were throwing haymakers and pissed off about races that didn't even pay that much. And why were they doing that? Because racers race. They don't give a damn about what it pays once they climb into the car. This was some of the best guys in the game right now. RTJ, Pierce, Moran, Shepard, Marler, McCready, all throwing down because it was a Wednesday. They didn't need any other reason than that. Yes, we need to keep finding ways to help the racers stay funded properly and raising purses and all of that stuff. But it's nice to see once in a while uh, money not be a factor or part of the conversation. And guys, just going to war because they want to be the first to the checkered flag. And I think that's why we watch, right? Holy cow. A couple of other notes from last night. Matt Shepard picked up his 500th career feature win, topping, uh, topping Anthony Perigo and Eric Rudolph in that Superdirt Car Series season opener. On the show yesterday, I talked about 12 drivers uh, that I had been tracked, uh, as signed up as full-time members with the SDS for 2024. But that sounds like my list uh, was a little short. At the moment, I've been told there are as many as 19 drivers who have made commitments with the series, so I guess we'll stay tuned for more of those announcements. Looking ahead, a lot of folks are talking about poor Saturday weather in Florida, and we know that East Bay has already altered their schedule, so Thursday and Friday could be the final Dirt Car Nationals nights here. We'll get the big blocks back for two more programs, and then the rest of the week, the lay model portion of things now shifts to World of Outlaws nights. We'll see if Brandon Shepard can hold on to his very slight points lead right now, or if Pierce can stay hot and jump ahead of him. Uh, Before we move on, one more thing. Volusia with a curve is bananas. The speed there, plus a big old fat nasty cushion, is just something to watch. I've really been enjoying that this week. Uh, At East Bay on Wednesday, Aaron Reitzel drove up from 8th to win uh, the King of 360's opener there, topping Tim Schaefer and Devin Borden. They had 62 cars signed in there, which included a ton of guys who ran with High Limit on Monday and Tuesday, plus plenty of newcomers. This event continues through the weekend. If you want some sprint car racing, you can watch it live over on Flow Racing. And after just one day off, the USAC National Sprint Cars are back to racing tonight. They are returning back to Ocala Speedway. They have three nights scheduled to close out this week before the series goes quiet then until April. Through four races, Justin Grant has two wins. Logan Seavey also has two wins. CV leads the way too early championship standings right now over CJ Leary and JG. Some guys who are further down the order who need a good weekend include Brady Bacon and Jake Swanson. Bacon has had absolute crap luck and been involved in multiple incidents uh, and is outside the top 10 in the standings. And Swanson had uh, a brutal two nights out Volusia and only has one top 10 in four races so far. Besides CB and Grant, I like what I've seen so far from Leary. He's got four top fives. Kevin Thomas Jr. looks to be plenty fast in that rock steady car. And Briggs Danner has four top tens during this trip south. If you aren't headed for Ocala, all three of these nights will be streamed live over on Flow Racing. Uh, finally today, uh, uh, and for the week really, I wanted to run you, know, you back through the full list of the Hunt the Front Super Dirt Series full-timers. Because that field has grown significantly since we last talked about it. And that includes a fairly big pickup today. Back a few weeks ago, we talked about the first 12 series commitments, which uh, that included Sam Seawright, Clay Harris, Joseph Joyner, Jackson Heiss, Cameron Weaver, Carson Ferguson, Ashton Winger, Josh Putnam, who is the defending champion, Bo Slay, Dalton Cook, uh, the young Trey Mills and Stacey Bowles. Uh, that right there, already a fairly serious group of drivers to contend for this championship in year two. But the expanded schedule and, ad- and added money are really proving to be attractive for drivers here. And in recent days, they've added six more full timers. That includes Alabama's Caden Mullinax, who joins the rookie class for 2024, North Carolina drivers Trent Ivey and Jeff Smith. You've got Ironman South champion Joss Henry and Pass Ultimate Southeast and Carolina Clash champion Zach Mitchell. And then just this morning, it was announced that Tanner English and the Viper Motorsports 96 team have also signed on for the year. English was a guy we thought would be on the national stage, either with Lucas or the Outlaws, but this appears to be a change in plans for those guys. English and the 96 are not at Volusia this week, so clearly that means no outlaw run. And they struggled through that opening Lucas stretch. They had just a single top 10 in 12 appearances. The Hunt the Front schedule is only 25 races, so this team will uh, be able to kind of run a sizable pick and choose schedule around that, which will likely include regional events and plenty of national tour stops. We are at this moment one month exactly from the start of the Hunt the Front season. They do that on March 15th at the Talladega Short Track. You can find more news and series details over at htfseries.com. Make sure, too, to check out the new Hunt the Front podcast YouTube channel as well. Those guys have been pumping out content there over the last several weeks and providing a bunch of good insight. So if you're a Hunt the Front fan or a Dirtland model fan, a great place to go right now. All right, that's it for the Daily Show this week. Thanks to everybody for the continued support and for tuning in regularly. On top of the daily shows, there's plenty of other cool content coming, I've been asked about this. Episode two of the Rico rundown is in the works, so stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. I've also started work on a new limited series of sprint car videos that I'm really excited about. All of the content has been shot, I've got it all, I just need to get the editing completed. If you have a business that would be interested in working with me on a brand integration for that series of sprint car videos, drop me an email or DM, I think it's a really great opportunity for some promotion and you'll get a chance to get in front of a fantastic group of duracing Racing fans and industry people who tune into my channel. All right, hope you guys have a great Thursday out there and a great weekend. We'll see you right back here on Sunday.